Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, you know, we keep getting questions around, you know, when people are interviewing us, we answer their questions. And then when we ask them, is there anything else? I don't know about you, Alex. I, I think we get this a lot. They ask, well, what should we be asking you? Or what do other people ask you? Right? So I think this is a People don't know. They don't know what questions to actually ask when they're interviewing their financial advisors because, you know, this isn't something that obviously we're taught or, or really understand. It, there's a tremendous lack of understanding in our country around financial education, financial literacy. Uh, it is scary how how little people understand uh, finances. Yep. So today's episode, we're going to give you the top five questions we would tell our mothers if our mothers were going to interview financial advisors. But before we dive in here, Mr. Collins, I know you're not drinking right now. I am not. Uh, I'm dealing with, uh, I've got my, my gout is flaring up. So alcohol is one of the things that will make that worse. So I am choosing not to drink alcohol today. But I, on the other hand, am, and I'm drinking from, uh, again, from the uh, Remlinger Brewery. It's called Pitchfork IPA. Uh, I have not taken my first sip of this. I know the last IPA I had was actually quite delicious. This is a uh, more yellowy type of kind IPA. Of that, that unfiltered, almost like Hefeweizen type look. Yeah. Um it's your run-of-the-mill run IPA, um, so I wouldn't say there's anything. It's good, but it's not you, something like, oh, my gosh, that was delicious. You like the first IPA better from that? The first one was definitely better. If I'm going to give this a bottle cap rating, I'm going to give this a six. I'll give it a six out of ten. Cool. So, but check them out. Like The first beer I had was good. I've actually got a couple more that uh, I'll be tasting. Um, so check them out. That's Remlinger Farms in Carnation, Washington. All right, so let, let's dive into today's episode, Alex. Um, I think this is a... I think it's a more important question that most people should actually realize uh, because I, what inevitably happens is something happens in the person's life and they go, you know what, maybe I should actually talk to a financial advisor. And that's everything from, should I be putting my money in a Roth, the traditional to, you know, a more standard question of where in the world should I be putting my money, right? So there's all of these questions that inevitably get people to want to talk to an advisor, but then when they're talking to an advisor, they don't know what to ask. Well, and inevitably it's some sort of actual event that occurred. Their parents retired. They got a really big bill for tax bill from their CPA. Um, at a conversation, like one of their buddies said, Oh, Hey, you should talk to my advisor. Yep. Like, or they just got a big promotion or like something occurred in their world that made them go, huh, I, I should talk to an expert on this. Yep. So, so diving right into this, you know, I, I think one of the top questions you should ask is, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Advisor, what type of client do you normally work with and why? Yeah. Like have them paint the picture of who they work with. And the answer should be similar to you. If it's not similar to you, you need to ask some follow-up questions like, okay, hey, am I not your target client? Or like, why do you still feel like we're a good fit? 
like essentially what you're trying to do when you interview an advisor is make sure that you are a good fit for them and they are a good fit for you. Uh, we care more about kind of the second part of that first, which is them being a good fit for you and being able to follow through on all the things that you're looking for. And you should also still care as to whether or not you are a good fit for them, because if you're not, you, you may not get what you're looking for. 100%. The second question that, that goes along with that is, okay, Mr. Miss Advisor, how are you paid? How are you compensated? And, and that's on our mind anyways, but get to the point, right? Like, like kind of come out now, a good advisor is going to share with you, like even listed in the agenda, Hey, you're going to care about how I get paid. So let's go through that. So, but make sure you understand it, make sure it's transparent and easy to understand, right? That's a huge red flag. If they explain their comp, how they're compensated and you go, I'm not sure I understand that. And if you don't keep asking questions until you do. Yep. Question number three. What services do you provide? Seems like a simplistic question, but what's very interesting is, is early in, in my career, I'll speak for myself, there's a bunch of services that I provided that I think a lot of my clients didn't know. Well, I mean, right. Or, how, how many times have we had a client come back and go, oh, I didn't know you did that. Right. And, so and- having an understanding when you, when you can lay, you kind of list the, the services you provide in theory, they should kind of be integrated into all of the, the planning work while every client won't do the exact type of plan. When you can understand what your advisor, what type of services they offer that also pairs into how they're compensated. That also pairs into what type of client they normally work with, right? Like these are kind of questions that are getting are more and more detailed. Yeah. Are you a good fit? Exactly. And, and like the, the services, again, like you don't need to take advantage of everything that they offer, but A, no. you should be aware of what they offer because when something pops up, um, you need to be able to, to ask that question. The other question to ask along this line is, well, what happens if I need something that you don't provide? Like that is another question that you can ask that's in the same vein and they should have a really good answer as to like, okay, how did they handle that so that you understand, okay, are they just going to give you an answer, which may or may not be in their wheelhouse, or are they going to go do the research on that? Or do they have a team behind them of other professionals that they can go ahead and like find the right answer for you? Or are they just going to say, not me, good luck here are some resources, like here's some websites, go Google it. Yeah. I, and that's a key thing, right? Like I would argue that your advisor shouldn't be the expert in every arena because that really doesn't make the expert in any arena. Agreed. <laughs> and when they're not the expert, you want to have, hopefully they've got a network of professionals that they say, that's a great person to have in your wheelhouse. And good news is, I have a professional that I work with that we will bring in when it makes sense for that conversation to occur. Right. They play, we say this all the time. They play financial quarterback for you. <laughs> right. Which then takes us to number four. How is the relationship going to work? And maybe this kind of ties to how often they meet. Yeah. When, again, this, this is one of those things that has to line up. 
You have to enjoy working with your advisor and meeting with them. If you, if, if, if they talk down to you or talk up to you or like you don't, you cringe every time you're going to go talk to your advisor. You probably shouldn't be working with that advisor. <laughs> Correct. Like you need to have some level of, like you need to have trust. You need to make sure that you like going to them. You need to make sure that they're adding value. Um, and a lot of this goes to what's the working relationship and how often are we going to meet and get together? Um, I, yeah, it's like when we're, when we're talking to a, a, a possible client, we will break down like, Hey, the initial onboarding is, you know, five or six meetings possibly depending on, on the client's needs and wants and all that kind of fun stuff. But then we explain like, okay, after that, we're going to then at least meet quarterly. And these are what the sample agenda items typically look like. And this is how this, this will look moving forward on top of we are proactive. So if a law is passed, you might, and it affects some of our clients, you're going to hear from us proactively. Like that ongoing communication is key. You don't want your advisor being reactive. One, like one of the things like from our standpoint, if a client says, oh, no, 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 I, I only want to meet at most once a year and maybe like once every other year or something like that, you and I actually have a conversation on like, do we want to take this client on or is this going to wind up creating problems down the road because they're not engaged? Yeah. I think what's funny is, is when I have brought that up and a client would say, Hey, I don't want to meet that often. I think what, what I didn't do is explain what the meeting is and the time frame of the meeting. Like our quarterly meetings tend to be 20, 30 minutes. Like it's more of like, Hey, is anything new? Like it's a quick meeting. And most people, I don't have clients that say, I don't want to do that. Now, if a client's thinking they're going to hop on for an hour plus now it's like, okay, is, is, is that, do I need to spend an hour with you if I don't have anything on my mind? And so like, it goes back to the communication. Correct. Sometimes we're going to have something to, to dig into and chew on. Um, sometimes it's going to be on your mind. Sometimes it's going to be something that like the advisor brings up that you weren't aware of that you mm -hmm. should be. And that can spark a longer conversation. So we normally book at least a half hour. And sometimes we book an hour with the idea and thought of like, hey, like, unless you have something on your mind, we're not going to use that entire time. Uh, but that's, again, the communication needs to be done ahead of time with like, hey, what are we actually looking at here? What, what makes the most sense? Exactly. And then the last question is, how do you measure the success of your clients? And I, I think this is a, a huge one. Um, and I think it's, a, for me, it's a simplistic answer for, for our book of business, but, and for how we work with our clients. But I think a lot of advisors, Alex, you know, you and I talk to them all the time. If they were asked, how do you measure success for your clients? I think they'd go, oh crap. Or they like, you hope that they wouldn't say, I would hope they wouldn't say rate of return. Right. And, and like, I'm fairly certain that that's one of the go-to things that a lot of advisors would, would look at. Yeah. And yeah. And that's for a whole nother conversation. We're not going to dive into the weeds of why we think that uh, uh, in today's episode. So, so these are the five questions and, and they're all interrelated. It gives you more and more details of how the advisor engages with the clients. And hopefully it gives you an understanding of how what type of business they're running and does it apply to you?
which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. The question today is, did we miss anything that should be on the list? What questions did you ask your advisor, whether it's something that we talked about today or something that we didn't bring up today? Head on over to beerandmoney.net, click the respond button, and let us know what questions you asked. Yeah. We, look, we started this podcast to be value for you. And I think this one specifically, whether or not you work with us or not, like whatever, make sure you are asking these questions to the advisor because I think there's going to be huge for you and choosing which advisor makes the most sense for you. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities, LLC, is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon, 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023 Expiration October 2025. Pinpoint number 2023-165-368, expiration November 2025.